All right, we are back. It is episode 72 here in the Taylor Park around the old Oak Table from Oak Hill, Florida. Did I already say that? Anyway, Taylor Trash Fly Fishing, episode 72. Let's do it. So uh, it's Mark, Ben, and I. It's been uh, damn near a month, I think, since we've all... Mm-hmm. Gathered around, but uh, you know, life's happening, things are coming at you fast, yeah. And this is the best we could do, so uh, we'll see if we can't lay down a little bit of fly fishing nonsense and our view on some other things going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And I uh, hope you guys join us and enjoy it. So, uh, Ben, uh, let's let's just continue with uh. <laughs> I think uh, the rantings of a lunatic. Yeah, I think you uh, were getting some pretty good response there. With uh, to to recap, um, we were doing a little uh, sound check and and went up live on Instagram just to say howdy to everybody. Um, ben has uh, the top three overrated uh, fish that you chase with a fly rod. Uh, I think his number one, if I recall correctly, was musky. Well, permit. Permit's is number the number one. one most overrated fish. Okay. And uh, go ahead and uh, recap the reasons for um, them being overrated. Because I think it's just people who are addicted to the struggle. I don't think, like, they're, I don't think they're honest fish. I think. And this is based on anecdotal yeah this is based on because i've never caught one never seen one i've looked (laughs) for them but that and that's probably part of why they're overrated because i've looked um they just did you look under the couch for them (laughs) there was water involved okay um it was a waterbed but they were not there um no it's just you'll like see something mudding and someone's like, oh, it's a permit, it's a permit. I can't even tell it. I don't see a, I don't see a dorsal fin sticking up. Um, this was one time in the Keys, by the way. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is not a Mosquito Lagoon. This is one time. And then you listen to these guys talk and it's always, they're so hard. They sit there, they nose up on the fly and they just stare at it with their one good eye. And I'm like, dude, how is that fun? Like, they're like, they're like you put it from me, you don't move the fly. I'm like, okay. And and to be fair, listening to Mike, you're obviously moving a fly. It's a slower strip. It depends under certain conditions what you're doing. He's like someone like him has actually put time under these fish and understands the science and the nature of these fish and how to catch them and feed them and trick them. I don't. So in my mind, they're frustrating and overrated. Okay. Um, so do you still want to catch one? Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're overrated. They're not terrible. Okay. <laughs> well, but this... I'm not going to be like, I'm going to the Keys, and all I'm going to do is look for a permit. That's that's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, now, I'll, I tend to agree with the not going and limiting yourself to one species Correct. and one species yes. only if you're fishing somewhere. Um, I'm an all-comers kind of guy. You know, um, if I'm quote unquote permit fishing and a bonefish comes 
lollygagging through. Yeah. I, I want to cast at that. Oh yeah, right. for sure. You know, but uh, I've been with people who are like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't cast, don't cast, because their belief is you're going to cast. You know, as soon as you hook up with the oh, fish, Mister Permit's going to show right. up. Magic Permit. Yeah, and then you're going to lose that opportunity. Well, I, I'll be honest. I'm more jealous of the box fish you caught in the Keys than any permit. I'd rather go hunt box fish. It sounds, so, it sounds stupid and psychotic. So it's on my list as yeah. a fish to like go after. Right. Well, it's like, you know, the um, trigger fish um, mm-hmm. that you can see down in the Bahamas, um, the particular key that we were, you know, island that we were on in the Bahamas, they, the locals call them tally. I'm not sure why. Huh. Um, you know, I saw one of those tailing on the edge of the, you know, reef that we were fishing inside of. And I was like, until I caught one, that was what I was throwing at, you know, yeah. but I was on a bonefish trip. Right. Yeah. Um, I was going to throw at those two with a challenge, but. Well, you know, just like. That challenge went in the garbage. You know, if you were, uh, that's right. <laughs> if, if you were, <laughs> if you were uh, on a quote unquote bonefish trip and you saw a mutton snapper on the flats, would you be like, nope. We're no, bone fishing. I'd, no, I'd flip and throw at it. I would. I would. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're out there fishing. Right. Yeah. You I have agree. a targeted species, but why? Why pass on the opportunity? So, and one of the other um, groups of anglers you're looking to offend, Ben, yes. are, are people that chase musky. Correct. And what, what is your hang up with musky? I'm not a lazy individual. I want to caveat that. I'm a hard worker, and I like doing things. But. But. However. I know how boring it can be blind casting to mangroves and seeing nothing and just next pocket, next pocket, next pocket. And in your mind, you're like, I know there's fish here. and I've gotten decently good at predicting which pocket snook are in versus which one they're not. Mm -hmm. The fact that I've heard routinely a good day of musky fishing is if you see one just under the water come after your fly and they give it a look and they're like, that, that's a great day. That seems infuriating to me. Just blind cast after blind cast after blind cast. That said, do I want to go give it a shot? Yeah. Do I, am I hitting the gym to get my like whole arm worked out so I can sling a 12-inch fly for eight hours yeah you have to so you don't want excuses you want results i don't want to be the bitch on the front of the boat that's like doggy daddy my arm's tired i need a break why don't we stop for one of your amazing shore lunches i'm if i'm gonna do it i want to put in an honest effort and make it worth the time if i'm gonna target that species that's how you target it though by you gotta put in the time that's what i'm saying that's what makes that's what makes that first muskie or maybe the hundredth muskie so, so special re- so rewarding and, and i get that and that's what i'm saying like i'm not in a position from casting a seven weight when i see a fish to be like i could go up go there and cast day. for eight yeah. hours okay. i can't do that i know for a fact i can't cast a 10 weight for eight hours you, really <laughs> i don't think so not a big sopping 12 inch fly just one bank after the other after the other just eight hours on end I, I think know, I'd I mean, get I, tired. I think you're selling yourself short. I mean, I mean, 
do I think I would rise to the occasion? I'd grind through it. I'd be hurting, <laughs> but I'd grind through it. I just, I don't know. I just feel like it's a different headspace I'd have to be I in. I mean, ultimately, if you're casting and letting the rod do the work, mm-hmm. it's no different than, you know, being on a six-week chronicle or on a musky trip, right? Yeah, okay. I mean, just playing devil's advocate for a second. No, I, I got you, and... And that's that's one thing I like about you. <laughs> you get people to think through for themselves. Um, I don't know. I just it seems like it's a hard grind, which I actually like. I enjoy that. But to me, it's like part of the draw of like trout fishing, and I'm sure it's the same with muskies. It's in pretty places, so you're beautiful scenery. Yeah. But to watch your fly for eight hours, fly to a bank. You watch it, and you're just thinking, like, something's got to eat that. Something's got to eat it. And then time and time again, well, see, don't I don't even, even think anything. you're. I, see, I don't, I don't even think you're completely in tune with, like, you're you're not going to see the fly because um, you're. Sink tip. Sink tip. Mm-hmm. You're, you're fishing subsurface. You yeah. know, big, big, you're right, real big streamers, but, you know, big bait, big yeah. fish, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's the thing. You're you're gonna load the rod fairly easily because you're using a sink tip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, if you're trying to pick up that fly line too early, mm-hmm. yeah, your 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 shoulder is definitely gonna talk to you later in the day. But uh, you know, if you're stripping it all the way in, and I mean, you know, it it shouldn't be wearing you out. Okay. Um, that's just my take on it. No, you're probably um, not wrong. So. And I mean, you're talking to somebody that went, I, I've been musky fishing one time and I think it was like, probably like my 10th cast, I got my first musky <laughs> and I was like, Classic, oh, game over. so, so uh, this, this is, so this is that fish of 10,000 casts <laughs> I've heard about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what's number three? I think it's steelheading. Steelheading in what way? I think you talking swinging the fly for I'm steelhead. I'm swinging the fly, just trying to get something so aggravated that it eats it. Not even because it's hungry. Well, I think that's what we do anyway. No, I, I think that we get eats in the salt like that, but I think. A lot of times we get eats because something's hungry and like take your classic well, yeah. redfish belly crawling a bank. Yeah, because these are hood rat fish. There's nothing around for them to eat. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think what what Ben's failing to articulate is <clears throat> he's back to the reason he doesn't perceive that he likes musky is because he won't see the eat. Um, it's all. I won't say blind casting, but you're definitely subsurface covering water very methodically. Mm -hmm. It's not sight casting. It's not sight fishing like we know it here. Um, While certainly permit is a sight, Mm -hmm. you know, sight casting kind of deal. You know what all three tend to have in common (laughs) is that they're fish. (laughs) Um, They have gills and they eat things. Except. All three have in common where people, you go long stretches of nothingness. So I think 
and again, this is for me personally, I think the idea of if I'm going to stand in a river on a drift boat on the front of somebody's skiff and just go stretches where I'm standing there, my brain tends to wonder. And I start daydreaming and I start thinking about other things and then my head's not in the game. So then when that fish does come up, it takes me a second to gather my thoughts and get squared up. And by then you've probably missed your window. So, but I think the three that all three of those species have in common is the rarity of how often something happens. And my attention span is like a squirrel. And I, I know, I know the way my mind works on the front of a boat when something's not happening. I'm just like, da, 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 da. There's like monkeys with symbols and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, have I lost some invites on drift boats now to go musky fishing? You betcha. Um, <laughs> or, you know, uh, that that's one view of it. Or you, there might be, you know, DMs dropping saying, dude, you've got it all wrong. All wrong. Yeah. And, and I'm. Let me come show you, you yeah. know, how wrong you are. And I'm perfectly willing to admit I'm probably wrong. Because, again, I haven't done these things. It's just my perception of them. Right. And do I have anything against any of those three fish? No. But no. if I had to pick, like, like it's the diff, not really the difference, but like if you had to, if I had to pick tarpon or snook to fish for for the rest of my life, I would take snook every time. Hmm. I'll have to get back to you on that one. That's a tough it, one. I've yeah. S- I've spent a lot of time thinking about it, and it's. One, I've never, the biggest tarpon I've ever hooked is like 20, 25 pounds. So I've never gotten to the big boys, and that's a totally different fight. It's a totally different animal than what I'm fishing. Um, but there's something about snook and the way they sit there and the way you see them. There's something that fascinates me about them that I can't, like, if I had to pick, you can only fish one of these for the rest of I'm going to pick snook. See, okay, now I would have to disagree. Okay. Because of what you said, they're sitting there. They're an ambush predator. Yeah. So is a largemouth bass sitting there waiting for something. Yeah. So I want to get, like, the active guy. It's, like, actively feeding... I don't know. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I don't know. It's something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I mean, it is about I mean, I know snook that... tastes good. So if see, I, I haven't eaten one of those in eat. years. I don't think I've ever eaten snook. They're good. It's good. But it's been, I'm 29. It's probably been 20 years since I've had one. Oh, it's one. been a long time. Um, I don't know. And I think. I think it's, and I read I read this book by this African big game hunter, and he was talking about in South America, which I'm well aware is not in Africa, <laughs> um, how he and these natives would go take these dugout canoes, and he he says he goes I swear to God it was a sixty inch snook it was so big they thought it was something else, and he said you could see it clear as day and they were bow fishing for him, and this is way back in like the 70s or 80s and they had to go back up river to get this this uh boat because they didn't have them they were just cruising came back and they he said it was just so smart it would just stay 
just far enough out of range. And I don't know. The fact that there could be a 60-inch snook out there fascinates me. I'm, I doubt there's any left. But the thought that a snook got that big, and I know how. See, I find it funny um, that we ascribe human characteristics to the fish. Sure. About them being so smart. Yeah. You know, wary. Um, you know, aware of their surroundings. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. But like smart. Yeah. I don't know that I would. There's not like a train and, of thought. And, and, you know, I'm sure that, you know, I've said it, you know, probably on the skiff before. Oh, they don't get that big. Most of that, you know, smart. Yeah. I've heard you know. that forever. Yeah. Whether it's fishing sure. or hunting. Right. You know, oh, they don't get that big because, you know. Because they're dumb or anything. You know, they got to be smart to right. get that big. <laughs> they just didn't get shot that year. Right. Right. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's. And I, I mean, a lot of it. And I, you know, I'll speak, you know, personally is it's easier to ascribe the, you know, how smart that fish was or, you know, how wily it was to excuse my inability, my or my, yeah. you know, to, to feed it successfully. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's just some times that fish just aren't going to eat. Right. There's times where no matter what you do, <laughs> it's going to eat. Um, and then there's some times where it really makes you feel like you fooled them into eating. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's those few times that are far and few between where you really work hard at a fish and you might, you know, make two or three casts and thankfully you didn't blow it up, you know, and eventually coax that, that fish into eating and, and right. it, it reinforces that, you know, just like your dog is reinforced by getting a dog biscuit, yeah. you know, every 10th time that you tell them to sit, you know, I, I catch a fish maybe every 10th cast, mm-hmm. you know, on a, on a legit fish and I'm coming back for more next, you know, next weekend right. or on Tuesday or whatever. So, yeah, that's all. That's, that's it. And you got my wheels spinning, Ben. It it wasn't easy because at one point I was like, oh, I'd rather take a tarpon any day. And I think part of it is like, and again, I've only seen big laid up tarpon in the ocean two times. Mm-hmm. So it's not something I routinely get a chance to fish for. Right. But like a lot of our tarpon sight fishing quote unquote here is rolling tarpon in dirty water and that's in my opinion not really sight fishing it's not it's you're it's you're taking it a quasi educated guess based on how much fish you saw how quickly if you think he's taking a long roll a short roll going straight to the bottom and it's good but you can't discredit our tarpon no i'm i have nothing against no right it's just do I want to catch a big 80, 100-pounder? I do. But when the 15, 20-pounder does the same exact thing as the big guy does, yeah. And I'm going to go for the little there's guy There's days in the river where it's been clear, mm-hmm. where I have sight fish to tarpon that are daisy-chaining up to 40 pounds and yeah. They're daisy chaining, and these little fish are swimming, and you have sight casted them and caught them, and that's super fun to mm-hmm. me. Yep. And I don't know. There's something 
one, one of my best snook fishing days where I caught absolutely nothing was when there's a creek that they were dredging by my house, mm-hmm. and they had the dredge pipes. And on the other side of the pipes where it was about this time of the year, and there were st- snook stacked up like reindeer on Santa's slate. It was like two, two, Just two, on top of the two. pipe. Next to the pipe, and they were freaking 35 inches, three feet. They were thick, and they just let me cast at them for five or six minutes, and I'd slowly spook one off, try the next one, and they were... Straight into the mic. They were like... I just couldn't get them, and it was was fascinating. They were just laying there letting me harass them. So with that, this year, I've seen more and bigger snook mm-hmm. in the middle river mm-hmm. yeah. than in years past. Right. Staying for long. Well, well, it's, it's because we haven't had a cold event right in 10 years. Yeah. I think we just, had one like two years ago. Not like, no. not like no. prolonged cold, cold and yeah. rapidly. That's, that's part of the problem is if it's not rapid, rapid, they'll, Start. Yeah, we haven't had a big winter fish kill. So kind of just meander since, back to the warmer since 2010. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they've just had 10 years of being able to grow and yeah. get big. So you're seeing more numbers. Fair enough. When you can see them. Yeah. Yeah. But the water is getting better. Higher. Mm hmm. That king but tide's got a high. And the north wind. Yeah. <laughs> is it a king tide? Yeah. It was last week. I don't think we're still in King Tide Probably now. Not, but no, no. We've gotten <clears throat> more rain in the past week than we did all summer. <laughs> we, got, we got a lot. <laughs> all right, so let's shift gears a little yeah. bit. Okay. Um, we invited uh, folks to send mm-hmm. questions. And uh, let me get my reading glasses on here. Okay, um, Space Welder. Um, his question, what are each of your personal go-to flies? And he says, for each targeted species in the lagoon, size, type, color, etc. Ben? Um, we'll say mid-size... Maybe bead chain shrimp pattern. That's as specific as I can get for the lagoon. It's redfish. Maybe black and purple. I tend to have a proclivity for that, but I also like chartreuse. It's just... I've never limited here to color. It's more weight of getting where I need to be. And I tend to like shrimp patterns over crabs. That's it. Mark? I'm going to go two ways here. One way is Larry's way, which is if I'm fishing up here, I'm listening to what Larry has to say on what to throw because I have no idea about Mosquito Lagoon. Indian River, it's going to be a quan, a shrimpy pattern, or a gurgler for everything. Redfish, snook, trout. Tarpon. Black drum? I have thrown that unsuccessfully, <laughs> but, but no, not black drum. No, but not black drum. I agree. Um, 
and it's just the the top water eat that gets me excited. Yeah, but as it should. But no, like you said, something shrimpy, something crabby. Yeah, size two. Yeah, tan, and another color. I won't tell you, but you'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, me personal size four, size six. Tan over white or olive over white. Clouser. I wasn't going to say it, but since you said it. (laughs) it, It's simple. Um, It covers a lot of variables. Yeah, Mm. it can look like a bait fish. It can look like a shrimp. Um, I do uh, throw crab patterns from time to time, um, but there's a real good chance... Um, if you check the rod, you know, mm-hmm. it, you're going to find that I'm throwing a clouser. Okay. And I mean, I'll be honest with you, that probably even goes over to bonefish for me. Uh, a pink and white clouser, um, <laughs> has done really, really well, uh, as well as a tan over white clouser for me for bonefish. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of keep it simple type guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, I tend to throw uh, variations of size of bead chain according to where I'm fishing. Um, if you start putting lead eyes on my clousers, I start getting pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't enjoy lead eyes. Yeah. Note taken. So I'll tell you what's fun, though. Is when you're fishing with people who throw back to the black drum that throw rattleflies, and you're fishing docks, and that rattlefly hits the dock, and it cracks the and glass, it breaks the glass, <laughs> and it quits rattling. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't even think the rattle does anything. Yeah, for black drum. Gimmicky. They're so dumb and blind. I think it's all feel with them nasty little barbels. Yep. That's, my opinion. That's the yeah. that's the fish that when Ben was saying, you know, like, you know, don't don't move it. That's black drum. Yeah, I was yeah. Gonna no, say, get it in front of them drum and you leave it there. Yeah, you know, would be on my overrated well list unless it was like a big old donkey. But even then, no. But even then, that sounds worse. A marsh donkey. A marsh donkey. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is it? But I think you're only allowed to call him a marsh donkey. If you're in Louisiana, right? Oh, yeah, because we don't have a marsh system anymore. I mean, right. I mean, around here, it's, you know, a dozer. Right. A dozer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't have marshes anymore. I don't know. It's. I mean, I, I'm still partial. I think that, you know, it should be, you know, no matter what you're fishing for, it's a Mogan. Get a little, get a little Blair Wiggins, <laughs> Wiggins. taxonomy going. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I think fly is, as someone who ties, I want it to be pretty and I want it to catch every fish when in reality I do like you do and just yeah. go with old faithful. Yeah. Well, you know, shrimpy crab tan looking. Well, and that's the fun thing about this hobby. You can do it however you want. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You can. I mean, I've got two vices sitting over there and. <laughs> 
I can't tell you the last time I've sat down and actually tied flies, but, uh, you know, there's a ton of material over there. Mm-hmm. There's boxes and boxes of hooks. Yeah. There's like, you know, anything you could want probably to tie, you could find the shit over there to tie it. Yeah. And it's just yet another way to separate me, the angler from my wallet. And, you know, yep. I used to years back, um, really enjoy fishing a fly until it died until it literally either got broke off or you know was down to the last hair Mm -hmm. it was barely fucking legal (laughs) yeah and you know the more beat up it was the the better and it just kept reinforcing to me that it doesn't have to be this pretty pristine, no. you know, like, no. you know, when you go to the fly shop and you go to the the bin where they're selling flies, everything is precision, just beautiful flies. And, you know, Mark, your, your work at the vice is incredible. Ben, you as well. Mark's better than you, but Ben, <laughs> your, your, yours are good too. Um, but, you know, I've never been one to get really into trying to tie really super pretty flies. I've always tied what I would call functional flies. Yeah. Um, And then I've been blessed to have a lot of friends that do tie really well. Yeah. So ultimately, like, my tying scaled back and my stealing of flies upscaled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've got more flies than I could ever possibly fish in my lifetime. I think it's just us as human beings being like, okay, well, we can take this fly and we can put a strong arm on it and it's going to look better because it's going to kind of wiggle. Right. We're going to use this flexo tube. Well, here's the funny thing about it that I started that made me transition from trying to tie flies as nice as you do to like, I just need to put some shit on a hook. I said that. Like how, I said, I think we overthink it just because. Yeah. Well, how I much mean, more? If you get a, if you make a fly that looks like a perfectly healthy fish, how? What are your odds compared to having a fly that maybe acts a little funky, like because it's got a weird hook on it that like it's not symmetrical, so it pulls one way here, so now it looks maybe a little injured. Which I think the fish would key more on. So do I. So because now I'm like, I'm not going to go as pers- Nothing's perfect. Right. And if it's a wounded perfect. bait fish, and, yeah. that's going to be the one I'm like, that's right. my easiest target. Right. Okay, so. So I don't do the Drusha cone. I'm going to count six hairs on this side and six on this one. So I was in the Bahamas and went out with a guide because um, that was the only way to get access on that particular island. Um to anywhere that I could figure out to go fish. Um, and we were using, you know, standard bonefish flies and we were in a spot where there was a lot of fish. Um, and we had, we had caught, you know, a couple and as a joke, my guide says, you know, these fish will eat anything if you just get it out there and, and, you know, feed them 
don't, mm-hmm. you know, you, you got to strip it the right way. You know, like you got to, you know, it's presentation mm-hmm. over what the actual fly is. And he said, just hold up for a second. And he stakes off the boat. He gets down and he reaches into the hatch, opens the hatch, pulls out a bear hook, brand new hook, like number six, probably. And he reaches in and pulls out a spool of tippet. And in the boat, back in the splash well, he had like, you know, the old style um, mop that, you know, the janitors use. It's yeah. like those string yep, mops yeah. that had like a short handle that he would use it just to keep the boat mm-hmm. clean throughout the day. He reaches down and pulls a one of those strands of rope that off of the um, mop and he takes and starts tying like just a knot and, and cinches it down on the hook shank holds, pinches the uh, piece of uh, mop on there and starts wrapping just clear mono around it all the way down the shank, then back and forth, back and forth. And by the time he was done, it was kind of fat, like a football in the middle of the shank. And it came down, you know, sh- you know, just back and forth, mm-hmm. back and forth. And it looked like a football wad of mono. And actually, I don't think it was mono. It was... Um, fluoro. Fluoro, mm-hmm. so that it would sink. And then he ultimately... Ties it off, clips it with his tooth, and uh, says, here, tie this on. And it was just like a wad of (laughs) fucking line with a fucking nasty piece of fucking mop hanging out the back of it. He says, cast that. Let's see what they do. And the fish ate it. And I caught a bonefish on this. And I've got the fly somewhere over there on that bench. Um, he let me bring it home. Well, isn't there one for bone? F- it's like the rubber band. Oh, I've, I've, okay. So there's a book, um, of all these, uh, bonefish patterns and I've got a copy of it over there. Um, was it, oh gosh, I can't think of the author. Dale uh, Brown? Yeah. Dale Brown. And, uh, it's called the rubber band man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, all it is, is like your standard office rubber band like that brownish rubber band and on a number four or six hook you literally just whip the fucking rubber band to the hook and uh, dr chris and i were down in the turks and caicos and we pull up to the first spot and we're out waiting and uh there's a big mud and it's like all these bonefish mudding. And uh, I tied that thing on just because we, 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 he'd given me that book. And as a joke, I had tied like half a dozen of those. Oh, and so I said, I said, hey, I'm going to throw, throw the rubber band, man. And he was like, what? oh, come on, you know. And I threw it. Yeah. And that was the first bonefish at Turks, on Turks and Caicos. Uh, on South Caicos that I caught uh, a bonefish was on a rubber band <laughs> fucking loosely tied right. to, a, to right. a sh- so space welder yeah flies hook size 
eyes don't matter. No. You need no. office materials and janitorial supplies. That's right. Yeah. And it, it, That's for me, right. It's, for me, it's probably more of a weight and size thing. I don't want a huge fly, like a four-inch long or five-inch long. Probably more five-inch than a four. It's like too big. I don't, I'll never pick that to throw it. And then if you put lead eyes on it, I'm not really super interested. I will when the occasion like kind of calls for it, but now you know, and I, I will admit that there's times that I'll see something that somebody you know ties outside of my you know wheelhouse comfort zone of the clouser that I'm like, ooh, that's you know mm-hmm. kind of neat. Mm-hmm. And, and and I I will admit like you know like a really small Puglisi you know bait fish can be fun to. To throw, yeah. Um, Mark and I um, came across a pattern recently that we thought is pretty pretty neat. Oh yeah, and uh, I'm working on it. It's that. not something that I would throw all the time, but man, it's it's kind of neat. So it's like, all right, let's do that. And it is. Uh, it's in know, that wheelhouse of and four to five inches almost, and you're like, Ugh, yeah, I don't nice. want to, but. And then, you know, tweaking will be there. Then, of course, you know, Mark, I'm with you. Um, you know, I, I would say I would rather be throwing a straight up popper than mm-hmm. than, a, you know, gurgler. But I mean, really, essentially they're the same thing. And I mean, I, I dedicated a whole summer um, years ago. I only threw poppers at tailing redfish. And just caught the living shit out of tailing redfish with poppers because, yeah, they're tailing. But as soon as they come up, if something's it, trying to get away, yeah, if you right. make the cast while they're tailing and it plops over, you know, a foot past them, as soon as they come up, two strips, and they're like, oh shit, what is that? And just crush it. And there's nothing funnier to watch than a redfish trying to eat a a popper. And well, it it goes back to the day. You, myself, and the huge fly fishermen mm-hmm. were out there. And I never thought twice about throwing top water for one of our redfish that are eating off the bottom, not chasing mud minnow. But when you got the fly hung up in the the mangrove. He came out of the water trying to eat it. Tail walking out of the water to eat it. All right. Got a shot. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I hope uh, that we covered that one. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's a sufficient answer. Thanks for the question. All right, John. I'm gonna put my glasses back on. John Hall. No, John Lindsley. <laughs> okay, local boy. Um, okay. he says, "What's the story behind the old oak table?" Um, not really too much of a story. <laughs> um. Other than to say this about that, um, where we are here in Oak Hill is, uh, uh, let's call it my um, secondary residence. Um, When I still lived over in the Orlando suburbs, uh, Castleberry specifically, uh, I was spending so much time coming over here to fish. the wife and I decided it would be cool to have a place over here, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a weekend home. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when we bought the place, um, we had to furnish it. And one of our neighbors over in Castleberry at one point, 
had this old oak table, the old old oak table that we're sitting at, that uh, she was planning on getting rid of. And we were like, wow, that'd be perfect for the house over in Oak Hill. So uh, we brought it over here, and, you know, <laughs> here it is. And uh, at some point we started doing a, <laughs> a podcast, and one day I referred to it as the old oak table and because that's what it is. <laughs> We've got to church it up, you know. So Larry was out there with his steel saw, mm-hmm. cut this tree down, <laughs> milled it by hand. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I had this Amish guy <laughs> that owed me a favor. Um, no, so it's it's just uh, actually kind of a hand me down yeah. uh, outfit in the the fish camp uh, weekend place, and uh, here we are. So, uh, J-Red Customs, next up. What happened to the Taylor Trash Film Festival? (laughs) Oof. (laughs) COVID kind of happened. Yeah, COVID kind of happened. Some some other personal... Andrew, who uh, was helping us uh, from afar up in, you know, he's he's got the real job up in... uh, Tennessee and uh, you know it's just it's I, I, I don't even want to say that it's still not coming because <laughs> I hate, I hate to admit defeat but uh, coming summer of summer <laughs> I, I've heard I've heard that we're talking about the 12th uh, 12th of never um, but no seriously you know Andrew and I occasionally when we're talking um, it'll come up and he's like oh you know I'm still slowly chipping away at it um, cause here's, here's the thing. Um, we also did some filming to put together, uh, a film to include in that. Um, and he's still working on trying to finish that up. Um, so, uh, don't lose hope. Um, we still have all the films that were, uh, submitted and Andrew, basically aggregated all of those into one long video. And then once our video is finished, it'll be appended to it or open, be the opening. I don't know which. And then all of that will be uploaded and we'll do a uh, YouTube premiere um, so that everybody can like know that, you know, on Thursday night at Mm -hmm. seven o'clock, it's going to go live and um, we'll all be able to watch it together simultaneously and uh, go from there. So uh, the dream's not... <laughs> it's not lost. It's not lost. It's just uh, taking us a little bit longer um, to get it done than we thought. So um, shall we say our efforts are commensurate with the salaries that are being paid? Correct. Yep. There you go. All right. Final question that we got so far is Prentice Barry. Okay. Prentice says, will Ben's bachelor party be open invite to listeners? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Do you really want to go down that road? <laughs> so I, so it's funny. I distinctly remember a conversation with your lovely wife that says, you're not allowed to have any kind of bachelor party with Larry or any of these guys because they'll kill you. <laughs> um I feel like 
you guys know me well enough to know what I would not appreciate and would hopefully respect that. Um, I honestly feel like we may find out via um, a social media post at some point that you've already had your bachelor party. (laughs) No, no. Because, you know, I, I mean... I won't say that that I was. Well, I'll, I'll just say what it was. My feelings were a little bit hurt. Okay. Um, you and I sat at the airport. Yep. Three hour delay. Yep. Departing. Hour and a half flight. Four or five days in Tennessee. Twelve hour ride back in the jeep. Yep. We all got together. On the 22nd mm-hmm. to do a check presentation. And then nine days later, we all find out via a social media post that you got engaged. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, when when I got engaged, I was super excited about it. I told all my buddies. Um, I, and, and not that their counsel was required or their approval was required but like there were tons of people in my orbit that knew that you know yeah i was planning to what the plan was you know i'd come up with this for you know like the you know because everybody when they when they propose it's like you know you want to surprise your your soon-to-be fiance and you know you want it to be a surprise and all that and like not only did nobody hear about it leading up to it, we didn't hear about it until almost what ten days ten days after yeah. the fact. And that was like kind of like whoa. Well, I didn't mean it as a slap in the face to anyone for certain. It was kind of one of those things that I had a surprise going, and I just kept total op security over all of it. Not that you guys would have ruined it, but I had a plan, and I tend to be an oversharer, and I tend to ruin surprises, and I just fucking locked it down. I knew I had her family's permission, my family knew it was up, and then I just ran with it. And then after the fact, it was just kind of like, one... I had siblings who were calling people and ruining surprises. So I was trying to catch up with family, like grandparents and stuff, before I said anything. And then I was going to say something, because we recorded a couple days later. Yeah, we recorded, we, we actually recorded the day, you know, we did the check presentation, and then the following day we recorded because we yeah. did the check presentation on Friday, and then Saturday we recorded. Right. And so, so the cat was already out of the bag. You'd already done it. You, you actually cat was out of the bag. Well, you had actually the cat was out of the bag. You you had proposed on the twenty first, correct? And, and then you saw us at all all of us at MDC on the twenty second, and you were still just that okay. Cheshire cat didn't so say a fucking word. Thing. So <laughs> I don't know if you guys are overthinkers. I am, and part of it was, my thought going into it, was that we're here to hype up MDC, 
and present a check to MDC. And this is the big focus. And I didn't want to take focus off of how incredible that was. And then the next day, we recorded. And Ted's going off about this bamboo rod. And it was, like, <laughs> awesome. And it was cool. And it was fascinating. I was like, I don't want to, like, say something and uh, on air and just kind of, like, blow through this moment that was cool. And, like, I don't like making things about me and being the center of attention. And I just didn't. Fair enough. Want to say it. Fair enough. Outside of that, the... What's your excuse for the other nine days? I'm still bitter. <laughs> he was working. <laughs> well, one person that's able to confirm my work schedule very easily. Um, that probably accounts for not all nine days. Um, there were some weekends in there. No, it was just kind of one of those things that it was like, this is kind of sweet, and I kind of just like not having the world now and it's kind of fun to just have a little bit of calm before the chaos all right that's how i'd qualify it and would you say you are a midget or a dwarf fan (laughs) what are you a midget or a dwarf fan okay i need the context to this question do you like them little or littler i feel like i'm walking into a trap you are okay (laughs) How do I phrase this? I think that the TikTok <laughs> videos that make me laugh the hardest are the ones involving midgets over dwarfs. Okay. The little people Special Olympics videos <laughs> kill me every time. We're just trying to develop, you know, a plan for a plan. your for your bachelor I know, party. I know. I'm terrified. No, you shouldn't. Um, be. I'm not. That said. Obviously, I'm not into strippers, right. but I still can't get over the fact that there's a midget clown stripper. Well, you know, Ben, you know, with all due respect, brother. Yeah. You know, I would say your declaration of I'm not into strippers is like you saying I'm not into musky. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's true. You don't know what you don't know. I don't know know what I don't know, and I choose to keep it unknown. And with that, that's episode 72. (laughs) The, uh, no. No, you're right. I don't know what I don't know. The, um, midgets are dwarfs. What is, so, I know the classification for a dwarf is 4'11 and under. What, what makes the difference in going from a dwarf to a midget? You get a half-off sale. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't either. I don't know what the term is. I'm going to have to Google it. No, I was just pulling your chain. I know. <laughs> but then it started making me think of, I know there is a hard number that you become a dwarf, and I don't know what the hard number for a midget is. I think it's like under four foot. Well, and I think, okay. are, aren't we supposed to refrain from using midget as a... Oh, yeah, little people. Or no, that was no, derogatory because well. I heard a comedian talk about how he said midget on the air one time and someone's like you can't say that he's like what do you mean they're like it's as bad as the n-word he says midget is as bad the guy kept saying over and over again midget is as bad as the n-word he goes you know how i know that's not true you'll say midget you won't say the n-word so i don't buy into the whole we can't say midget thing i just call them kickstands (laughs) easy to lean on It's so the the ones the videos that crack me up. Have you seen where they have midgets race camels in a relay? No. Oh my god, dude! It's like it's like 
<laughs> a track, and the camel's on the inside running, and they're four midgets passing a baton trying to outrun a camel, and I don't know why that's funny to me, but it legitimately is funny to me. That's sounds like a crime against humanity. It probably there's probably <laughs> something the Geneva Convention. I would love to. See, I would love to see your search history. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I have learned the hard way. There are some things you should not Google because I, they do not mean what I thought they meant. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, what? What, it, what is the? Um, what's the plan for? Uh, is this a a long engagement? Is no. This... No, I don't want a long engagement. No, March thirteenth. March thirteenth. Yep. How dare you? You're only going to allow me to to have essentially two days of you know post celebratory birthday time, <laughs> and then you're stealing <laughs> my thunder with a fucking wedding. Right. Or uh, like it's not a birth. It's a birth. Please month. tell me you're going to elope. I wanted to. I wanted to. Uh, that is not what's going to happen. My whole thing was I would just rather. Elo- I, I want to marry you because I want to marry you. And, and you don't even have to do the courthouse. You can get. Well, you have to. It's Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you can, you can go yes, somewhere. Yes, in fact, you do have to. <laughs> yes. You can go somewhere. Like, you can go to the beach and you oh, can, yeah. like, quote unquote, elope on the right. beach or whatever. As long as you have an official. Correct. Right. Um, so that's what I wanted to do. Um, that is not what my lovely fiance would like, and it's not my money. So I will play ball with an actual wedding. You'll mm. you'll show up where you're told to show up. Yes, and- the condition I gave was I will not wear a purple suit. I will not wear a tuxedo. I said if you make me wear a tuxedo, my brother without hesitation, will dress as the other half of a Dumb and Dumber tuxedo, and I will show up yep. wearing blaze orange. And, and and Matt will wear blue. And Pirate Ron is officiating. I wish. <laughs> uh, no. So, yeah, that's about... I don't know. The other flip side that's funny to this, I was like, if you guys would just trust me and hand over the reins, I could plan this thing in a day. And, like, it's not that hard. It really isn't. It's not, but you. This is where you learn to say no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, it sounds like he's already this. he's already conceded the the battle. No. I mean, you, you've already said uh, you know. I'll just you tell me where, and I mean, it, you know, you're already starting. You know, subservient. You, you, uh, you know, you were talking earlier about needing to work out for the the musky, not to bring musky back into this, <laughs> but maybe you should be working on that, keeping that pimp hand a little stronger. <laughs> I mean, your your only qualification is you don't have to wear a, a tuxedo. No. Okay, it's tongue in cheek on a podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to get into my entire personal life and my wedding qualifications. Um, the one thing that is important is the budget we've been given. I was like, I want to make sure we stay within that budget as oh, a respect man. to the gift giver. Sure. Um, I can't even imagine what it costs nowadays. Go well, forward. Hell, gas is $3.30. Yeah. Three thirty-five. If we're honest, um, hungry man TV dinners. The the great thing is, 
Daisy and I both have the T-Mobile rewards, and each week that you get ten cents off at Shell. And when you combine that with the Shell app, some weeks I get twenty-five cents off a gallon. And her new company truck, they pay for her gas, so I get to double dip that now. So I get two Phillips off at twenty-five cents a gallon. <laughs> And it is kind of sad when you're like, oh, I saved 10 bucks this week, but <laughs> fill it up in Shell. Right. <laughs> um, we put some new tires on the heavy Chevy today. Um, really nice tires. And then I got to finish the front end work. I think that gets here on Black Friday, all my parts. And then I got to pick a weekend that I just want to be frustrated and tear the thing apart. Not that that has anything to do with weddings. We're not even using that as the escape vehicle because of the gas mileage. The escape uh, vehicle. Oh, do you, you guys have uh, selected a uh-huh. a um, honeymoon destination? Yep. Yep. Ah. It's funny because it's mildly touristy, but it wasn't picked for mildly touristy reasons. It's going to be in Gatlinburg, and it was just picked because it was like a cool kind of secluded romantic cabin. And then I saw where it was at after we booked it. I was like, all right, whatever. But there's no planned trips to Dollywood. There's no... Well, you know, Gatlinburg has changed quite a bit since it burned down years back. Okay. Um, It has become a mecca of moonshine distilleries. Yeah. So... Is that where that Great Wolf Lodge is? No, no. They've got a couple of those around, I think. Indoor water park lodge. There's resort. a couple of those. Yeah, the hell, there's one of those in Denver, right by the yeah. Denver airport. Yep. So and Wisconsin Dells by Doggy Daddy. There's I do want to go there. The Dells. That I've place is. I've been there twice. That place is the weirdest little. Like, what did I just step into? It's in the middle of nowhere, and it's just like this one city that's like a mild tourist trap in the summer, and then the winter, it like shuts down into ghost town mode. What day of the week is March thirteenth? It's a Sunday. It's a Sunday. Okay, perfect. See, we used I to wanted do... to do a Monday. Ooh. Less people. <laughs> Only your real friends are going to show up. Well, I was just thinking I hadn't seen any kind of schedule request or anything. I was like, mm, yeah. man, I hope I haven't, don't have him scheduled already. Booked out. I figured that laid out. <laughs> we wouldn't be booked out. Um, but well, I was just hoping that you would mention your wedding date you know, before the wedding, not after the wedding. I would have. No, well, so this is what it's led to as well, because Uh-oh. I like, I no, I told my family, I was like, look, I've never, like, there's been plenty of years where families miss family vacation for whatever reason, new jobs. I was like, look, I can't take a week off of work the first week of February and be like, hey, Larry, can I have another week off in 30 days? I was like, I'm not making it this year. And everyone's like, honestly, we're going to bank it and do something in the fall anyways. So, I don't know what we're doing in the fall, but... Oh, anyway. so we're not going to Boone? I mean, Boone's If I had to choose between a cabin wedding. with you or with Daisy, I'm taking Daisy this year. No offense. Fair enough. What we had was really special. It was. But, no, it so was... So, you got one of those Gatlinburg cabins with the uh, jacuzzi on the, on the porch. Jacuzzi on the porch. There's a sauna, nice. which is ironic. I've never been in a sauna. No. Um, but it's got one. It's pretty nice. Um, I mean, hell, we live in a sauna. That's what I said. She's oh, like, but it's a dry heat. <laughs> it's a dry I get it. But I was like, I was like, you know, when you walk outside and like everything's sticking to you, 
She's like, yeah. I was like, that's all it is, just in cedar, <laughs> like it's in a glass door. Like it's, it's this weird two-person sauna that looks like it's like a twenty-four-inch deep closet that someone like. It doesn't look like it's that, but it's like it's literally like that big. I'm like, I don't you know. may you may think this the is, claustrophobic side of me is like I'm not getting in it. You may think this is your honeymoon, but it's her honeymoon. Okay, so you don't matter. You already done what you needed to do. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, this is what she wants. And no, I picked it. Oh, nice. That I was. That's what I was in charge of. The uh, and I. I had a couple cool ideas, and then I kind of ruled out. I was like, I'm not getting stuck in an airport somewhere, so I'm not flying. Because if I'm flying, I want to go somewhere cool. And you know you're going to get pulled over, right? With all the tin cans the tin and shit cans. flopping? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take those off. Um, no, you can't. You get a hall pass. Signed by the local sheriff that you're authorized to cross state lines. You're gonna have to walk me through that process. Okay. So here's what here's what Ben has learned. <laughs> he knows nothing. He thought he knew about weddings. Let's back up. He thought he knew about rings. I didn't know there was more than one. Learned that. <laughs> uh, I was like, "You get a nice ring. I get a ring. We're done." No, there's two. Um, Carrots. Yeah, I like that in my salad. No. I did good on the ring. You'll see it Sunday. I did good. Someday? Sunday. Sunday. Um, I did pretty good with it. Um, but so, like, there's a wedding band. There's an engagement. So I'm like, okay, I've learned. And then you don't, they're not like apples. You don't pick them off a shelf or a tree. You got to, like, order them. And they got to yeah, come in. Yeah, for the ladies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, mine's easy, dude. Right. I, yeah, I think. Okay, this I'll be is honest. Like the fourth or fifth one I've had. I <laughs> had an idea in 2014 that one day I would get married, and because I like woodworking, when I was in Hawaii, there was like a koa wood tungsten mm-hmm. wedding ring. Then you bought it. Yeah, and it, it was like 140 bucks, and I was like. I actually like this. I would probably wear it when I got married. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to buy it. She's like, we got to get you. And I was like, I already got one. Yeah. And she's like, are you sure? She's like, I, like you don't want to like pick out something? I was like, nope, this is simple. It's me. <laughs> We're good. She's like, okay, cool. Like, all right. And then, then I'm probably going to jump on that silicone wedding van tradition at some point just with work stuff. I was going to say right. with work and yeah. But other than that, like... Yeah, like Susan has my my first one. Just yeah. I was leaving to go to faraway places and yeah, being around heavy equipment and you know you don't want to lose your finger. Stories. Right? I was yeah. gonna say you hear gl- stories about getting gloved. And right, it freaks me out. Yeah, but yeah. The um, I wish I no. It's been it's been fun though because like you know I always had this plan to buy my parents' house and like that's in the works and it was already in the works anyways and now it's like. Okay. I was like, I don't care what color we paint the outside, but I don't want it SpongeBob yellow like it is now. So I'm like, well, what what color do you want to paint it? Which has been kind of nice because she figured it out in honestly five minutes and I've just been painting. And I don't have to sit there and get what, it painting right the wrong. outside? Yeah. Huh. 
just been doing fresh up projects. It's, I mean, it, it was finished like 12 years ago. So checking all the windows, making sure the sealant's good, cutting out what's bad, replacing it, painting trim, painting the, the hardy board. It's like a... You're a better homeowner than I it's am. It's almost that color <laughs> blue. It's a little bit more like Nantuckety blue than that, but it's got more gray in it. But it's kind of that color blue and, you know, just getting it nice. Right. Making it yours. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then... You know, roommates moving out either this month or next. I was, I'm not exactly sure on the timeline. He said by December. Um, so then, like, his the room he was renting for his daughter, that's going to turn into the office and, like, get that done. And, like, when I unload my work equipment, if I'm honest right now, I unload my vacuums and stuff just in the living room. And that, that won't that, happen. That's not going to happen much longer. <laughs> I'm aware. Um, the bachelor days are winding down. Um, but it's nice because like, and then the mud room I've got like toolboxes with my tools. All that can just go in there. It'll be out of the way because then I want to get. We um, part of working with my parents on the house was going over a list of things. It's fun negotiating with your dad because both of you have different ideas of how it's going to go, and neither one of you is trying to screw the other person, but you're also both want to feel like you got a fair deal in it. So it's been it's been really cool. My dad's been really generous on the final number, and then like what he's like. Here's what I'm for sure gonna have fixed and ready because I go from renting the house from him to buying it from him. So one of the things is the drain field. Um, it got oh, crushed, yeah. and so but once that's done, I'm building off the mudroom a dog door, and then an enclosed like dog run. So when I'm like gone for the day, the dog can go out and he's not like relying on somebody needing to swing by and he's got his own chill pad. But right. when I'm also comfortable with him not finding a way to get out and eat a neighbor's chicken. So it's, it's cool. I'm excited about that. Exciting times. Yeah, it really is. Doesn't it feel good to share it with somebody? <laughs> yeah, it does. I don't know. It, in my head, <laughs> I wanted to, but I, also, I, I was like, I'm going to fuck this surprise up. I'm gonna, like, there's so many times just in talking to her, I almost let let something out just based on what I had planned in my head. So how'd it go um, talking to her old man? Yeah. It was pretty good because, so we went up, they live in Lottie, Florida, which is near Stark. Okay. Um, near the prison, which is yeah. about where you're about to be sentenced. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Locked so up. the um, the we went up. I don't remember why we went up there, but I just pulled him aside, and, and he like he kind of knew just from first she, off. She was like, "Hey, let's go see my parents. My dad just got a new shotgun. He wants to show you." No, he he didn't do any of that. It was actually kind of nice, and yeah, kind of, kind of. It was kind of well. <laughs> Okay, let's back up. It wasn't like... It was kind of nice, but it was like... Because I expected something like that. Some show of, like, bravado of some kind just to be like, hey... Not my daughter. And he was... Yeah, and he's like, no, I like you. Like, you're good. You know, y'all are good together. And we we just talked for a while. We actually... Because I was staying in the fifth wheel. And so we were out, like, drinking coffee, just having a talk with the two of us. And it was really cool because he was like, look, man, I'm not going to be in your business. If you do something I don't like, think you should be doing, I'll say it one time, and then it's up to you to figure out what you're doing. He's like, holidays and family time. He's like, 
you got two families. We're never going to be like, you got to come up here. He's like, pick your holidays and stick to your guns. Like, this is what we're doing. Don't let, he's like, don't let any of these people pressure you one way or the other. You're the man of the house. Figure out what you're doing. Go for it. And then, yeah. So it, it was a good talk. It was, even though I felt like he was going to say yes, it was still nerve wracking and you're like intimidated by the process. Um, even though he's honestly like a quirky, goofy guy. Um, but yeah, it was good. And then I actually wasn't nervous for the proposal. I mean, I knew that was going to be a yes. I was nervous to not blow it, but we went, we had gone out on the, the skiff. The first I love you and kiss was on the, on the skiff and Lake Washington. Cause we like, we were going out into the river to watch sunsets, but like we'd get a tree line or the wind would blow the boat a weird way. So we could go out on Lake Washington and it was like wide and open. You could watch a good sunset. So we'd been going out for a while to watch those and, started having like picnic skiffs and stuff. So I like incorporated both of those. And then I told her we were going to have like a, I was, I brought the, I've got one of those tripods with the flexible legs. And I was like, sunrise or sunset tonight is supposed to be really good. Like I want to get a time lapse of it. And so I had her, I like got it out of the hatch and I had the ring box in the, my Yeti like loadout box with the tripod. And I was like here. And she's like, you just going to set it up. I was like, no, 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 just, wrap it around the polling platform and like just get it up there and I'll like adjust it later. Just make sure you like put it up there so it doesn't fall. And so while she did that, I like got the ring box and shut the hatch and was like waiting in the cockpit when she turned around. So, and it was good. She was surprised. Um, even though like she knew I talked to her dad, she was like kind of knew it was coming. Right. So it was good. And it does feel good to share it. And it, <laughs> And again, it was just a thing. Like I was like, I don't want to steal like any moment from anything. And it was like trying to be appropriate. I mean, you can tell me anything. I'm the best alibi. Because <laughs> Mark's gonna remember. forget. I know. Ten minutes later. I know. Ah oh, shit! Weddings in twenty minutes. <laughs> so uh, back to the uh, bachelor party. Yes. So what would be the ideal bachelor party in your estimation? None. <laughs> Don't get any fancy ideas thinking that, you know, this is what's going to happen for you. <laughs> no. Um, but we want to kind of have an idea of what you might enjoy. Cocaine and cocaine accessories. White. Okay. No, um, <laughs> no. The Honestly, for some reason, shooting skeet sounds really fun. Um, no idea why. I've shot it in the past. It's never something I've like religiously done, but it's fun. Honestly, just hanging out. Like I'm not like a, I'm not like a, let's have a crazy weekend and go to like, <laughs> like it's not like a Nashville bachelorette thing. Like so I think we're not that's looking stupid. at the Hangover. No. Oh, okay. I would say somewhere <laughs> between the Hangover and being dead. Like somewhere, <laughs> pick a medium between those two events in your life. Um. Honestly, scooting <laughs> around the lagoon, doing our normal like. Saturday, Sunday, fun day shit. That's like, that's it for me. Like it's, it's the people you're with hanging out than anything. No, it's about the hookers and the strippers. I don't know. And again, for us married guys, like you said, it's, it's like the muskie. You don't know, but I don't know. It's just hanging out. It's nothing crazy. Hanging out, being with the boys. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's like, 
it's not like for me it's not like this is your last two raw weekend like live it up dude it's just like these are the people i want to be with and what i want to do it's too raw yeah no i (laughs) i get it but in the same time it's like i don't see it in like a party sense just it's just like we do here you're hanging out you're being with the people you want to hang out with Oh, you're going to get just so My mind surprised. is going up. <laughs> All right. Well, that's fine. I like the no, we're keeping arm. it, you know, I know within, within gonna... the Ben wheelhouse. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What do you think is the first um, booking we could get for um, a tandem jump? Oh, well, that's it. early. I mean, like if we nine could, o'clock in the morning, oh, that'd, be sure. the, that'd be the way if to we start. Could, if we could get Chip down here in his aircraft, we have the airfield already. Right. We right. Can, we can procure a couple shoots. <laughs> you can rent shoots. They're like 80 bucks a pop or it's 35. I mean, you typically have to have a certification to go with that rental, but I mean, I, it's, you should be like, dude, it's his back. Is there party. is there a certification for skydiving? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. To solo jump? Yeah. Yeah. I mean sanctioned by whom? It's not like the FAA gives a shit if you're dumb enough to jump out of an airplane, is it? No. But I believe and we'll use the term in the industry. <laughs> I believe in the industry. No parachute company is just going to rent you a parachute if you're not like, oh, I'm certified that I know how to use this, and I've been approved that I'm not a basic idiot. Like, I know where this is. I know how to do this. Your grandma could come with us because she's done it before. Oh, my God. The funniest video I've ever seen in my life is (laughs) that woman's jowls stretched back behind her head at 65 jumping out of an airplane. Mad respect. Um, She could be the certified. She said she'd never do it again. It was a one and done. It, it, the force behind it, so <laughs> all of her stretchy skin, by the way, she got a facelift very rapidly after that jump because a couple family members laughed stretchy and she did not appreciate skin. that. I mean, she was 65. I mean, looked great, but let's be honest, she was 65. So her cheeks were stretched behind the back of her head. And then, but the funny thing is, the dude she was strapped to dude, was you like, know Christmas is right around the corner, right? I'm already on the shit list. <laughs> Um, I've been on the shit list. So the the dude, like she was strapped to, was like mid twenties, fit. Like every muscle was tight, and even like his face, everything was like it's the force. It's all like stretched at velocity. It was funny. Like his arm, like any little layer of fat was like pulled. It was just funny. It's. It's not all her fault, but it was very funny. Grandma Ben really does love you. He does. Um, <laughs> He's a good boy. If you would like to hear more grandma jokes, I believe, was it December 2nd we decided on? Oh, this is this is an announcement that I wasn't expecting. I thought, I thought you were good at keeping secrets. I thought you were going to do this uh, kind of clandestine the first time. Should we do it clandestine no, the first time? No, fuck no. Okay, I didn't think so. Yeah, I'm, well, I thought I thought that was your intention, but no, Mark, 
Grab your seat since you're already seated. You're, yeah. you're going to be very surprised. Let me Circle this date on your calendar, fellas. I got to go back and find. It's a Thursday. It's a Thursday. I want to say it's the second. Let me. <sighs> so it's next Thursday. <laughs> it's not Shannon and the boys. It's, hang on. I got to find the text that's Shannon and Larry. Now Mark's like, God damn, just get to the fucking punchline. <laughs> Okay, December 2nd mm-hmm. at Madcaps Comedy Club, New Smyrna Causeway, mm-hmm. open mic night. I've been talking with Larry and Shannon for a while, how I've been wanting to get into some form of stand-up. I've been working on bits somewhere between mild and medium on a range of topics. And Ben is going to do his first I'm stand-up. I'm going to have a stand-up debut. On December second, yes. it's gonna be it's gonna be clean comedy, and that I'm not gonna cuss, curse, curse, and we're not gonna talk about anything wildly inappropriate. But I have some very funny life stories that translate over. That I think will make people laugh. I could totally bomb, but there is a little bit of me that thinks I'm gonna get some laughs, and we're gonna have a good time. So I believe they have. <laughs> They have drink specials. Um, I don't know if they have food at this comedy club, but I will be there at 7.30 to make sure I sign up. And everyone is welcome to see me wail or fail. Like, it's going to be a good time. And I'm totally prepared that it's going to be rough and it's not going to be probably as smooth as I hope it's going to be, but we're going to have a darn good time anyways. Hopefully we get some laughs. Wow. Wow. Like, I'm more shocked about that than the wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Cool, you're getting married. (laughs) Oh, you're doing stand-up. I've Ah. wanted to do it for years, and I understand that it's not going to be a career because all comedy, like, to grind starts at, like, 10 p.m. and goes till 1 in the morning. I can't do it. I can't stay up. I actually really enjoy my job. I don't want to leave that. And... But I'm like, I would like to casually do it as a hobby and make people laugh. So this is step one of that. Shannon found it, sent it to me. And I was, it was funny. I was on the phone with customer service for like an hour and a half. And she texted me. She was like, um, with the comedy club? No. Oh, just life (laughs) customer service. Adulting. Yeah. And she was like, hello, did I not make your comedy dreams come true? I was like, I'm on the phone with customer service. But as soon as I could like sit and like, look at this, we're going to, I was like, we're picking a date. And I picked the closest one that wasn't like, I was like, we're doing it after Thanksgiving before Christmas. Right. But I was like, if I pick it close enough, I'm going to have to sit down and dedicate a couple hours to try to finish polishing out a couple corners on bits to get as close as I can get without you're going to have to just polish it on stage and feel the flow of it. But I think, I think I've got somewhere between 10 to 15 minutes of solid material that I've been working through and I'm going to so give it a look, go. Give it a go. A little stand up journal. I have. So when I was in the Philippines, everyone write out what we were doing and basically read a script. I always, winged it i've winged everything my whole life so i feel pretty good about my notes are 
like the main talking your points. Bullet right, points. Your, yeah. your little bullet points and then go. And then I've just said it a couple times to myself out loud and like made sure the wording isn't awkward or weird and kind of flows with my punchlines. And if, if I'm honest, I think one of them's a zinger. Like if I think it's pretty good because I think it's going to take a turn that people aren't exactly expecting. Um, I, I wasn't even expecting this. I don't even... <laughs> so if you're <laughs> my local-ish <laughs> to the area and you're free Thursday night, say 8 o'clock when this thing kicks off, I don't know what time slot I've got, but... Come on up. Come on out. Why is this the first time we're hearing about your stand-up fantasy? Oh, it's not. No? Well... Oh, maybe. <laughs> I've, I've talked Wait, to Larry and Shannon about it quite a bit. Because and then man, no, we've talked no, we've about, talked on about it. On, Carl's yeah, even. Carl was like, we could go to Tampa, and I was like, I don't want to do that. That way, Ben, you know, like if you bomb, you're not doing it in front of your friends. I'd rather bomb in front yeah. of my friends. Um, Damn. And then, awesome. but it's really going to happen. There's and because awesome. the closest I found, there's a it's like a butcher shop that's also a restaurant called Orlando Meats, and they do a comedy night on Friday night. So I was like, okay, like I can go to, and it's like Winter Park. I was like, I was like, I can do Winter Park on. A so, Friday. have you thought about like wardrobe? No, I don't think it matters that much. No, I think I'm gonna. Will you have puppets? There will be no puppets. <laughs> now, if you want to go, I probably shouldn't say this, but if you want to go, deep, is there a unicycle? No, but only because it is broken. Because uh, I can, because I can ride the shit out of a unicycle. I was about to say unicycles and homeschooling are. <laughs> hand hand. Okay, to be fair, it doesn't go as hand in hand as you think it does, but it goes together like you think it does when people find out about it. Um, I, as far as I know, I'm the only homeschooler that I know, and I know I'm qualified. I know several. Um, that can ride a unicycle, but I'm also the only one I know that rides them on mountain bike trails and started doing like trials, unicycling, um, like hopping down like curbs and trying to ride rails and stuff. I ate shit a lot, but it was fun. Um, and then you get to a point where the splines on them, they're either like the square cottered and then there's cotterless. And if you start taking drops more than like two and a half, three feet, they like bend. So my unicycle, both of them would like wobble like this when you rode them just cause you like stripped them off. So you had to get a splined hub and those were infinitely more expensive to 16 year old Ben and he can never afford to get into them. So there is, I do want to get another one. It's some like I really do. I want to get the Nimbus hatchet so, really so if bad. If you're listening and you're a listener that wants to wow Ben for a wedding present, it's a splined unicycle. Yeah, they're called ISIS hubs, and that was before oh. terrorism made that term cool. So I don't know <laughs> what they're going to do about cancel culture on that, but the uh, splined hubs are the way to go. I used to, there's okay. This is gonna make me sound infinitely nerdy. There's a unicycling federation, um, of which I am a member. In good standing. Probably not good standing anymore. You, I think you have to have a unicycle to do that. 
but there's levels to unicycle. I, I, I can't handle to, all this tonight. Weddings, federations. No, no. We're, if we're going to do it, club. we're going to open. We're opening the jar, and we're just opening it all. It's like Ghostbusters when the ghost <laughs> thing explodes. That's this what is I feel what like this right is. now. Um, this is my ghost catcher. I feel like I should know the term for this stupid thing. The ecto box, whatever. The ghost vacuum. The ghost vacuum. This is the box opening. So I am, or was, I'd have to get on one and retest my skills. I'm a level three out of ten unicyclist. And it has to do with how tight you can do circles. Each level you have to demonstrate a different way to get on the unicycle that isn't your traditional mount. So there's stuff like... Jumping Mount, onto it. the unicycle. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty glamorous. Um, I used to do one where I could put one foot on the unicycle, and then you'd, like, pass the seat between your legs one time and then sit on it. Ooh, kickflip. Yeah, it was like the dumb unicycle equivalent. <laughs> you had to be able to ride on your stomach on the seat for 15 meters. So you would now, have to... Now, hold, hold on. Hold on. Mark, is that... Is that <laughs> Is there a flag on the play? I, I, no. It's, I, I believe that we just introduced <laughs> metrics. Yeah. We, we are measuring we, in metrics, right. so now we know the gay factor has just and shot just, through the roof. 100%. The only thing gayer is disc golf. Uh, and the, yeah, you used to have to, and it was weird to get the levels, so you have to... I know, it's bad. But look, as a 16-year-old, I was not coordinated. And like any sport, biking, skateboarding, everybody else could do it. I wasn't coordinated enough to do it. And I somehow learned this one quirky skill and became mildly obsessed with it yeah, for about yeah. three years. <laughs> but, but can you do five meters? No, I, I wasn't that bad. But it was just a challenge because like, it's pretty hard. And you'd be like, okay, can I do it? And then you couldn't, and then you just keep working at it like anything. Um, but then I got into like riding mountain bike trails on it, and that was super fun. Wipe out a lot, but then you got like pretty good. Um, and oh, then where do you go to buy it? Like this is pre Amazon days, like unicycle.com, bro. Oh, uh, okay. You can buy. They have a plethora of unicycles. They have just basic out the door like Schwinn's. Um, like $98, just somebody says they want a unicycle, go for it up to like the giraffe unicycles that are super tall. I think they had up to eight feet and then they have one that's like one wheel stacked on top of another stacked on top of another. And all the gears are on the third wheel. And so if you pedal forward, it moves this one backward, which moves that one forward. So those are like your circus unicycles. And then they got into like road bike unicycles that have like 36 inch wheels and then they had they actually had geared unicycles then they had the mountain unicycles which like had brakes and stuff on them for like actual mountains and then like trials riding which was like a 19 inch tire where you'd be able to like jump curbs jump off slot like there's people that would like ride up playground equipment and ride down them and it was like just like ride down slide rails and stuff it was just there's it's it's like a BMX bike. You can do anything you want with them. It's like whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get it. Like it's embarrassing for me to say it out loud, but I'm just going for it because I don't care. Like it is what it is. Um, 
It's the parkour of cycling. But the really uh, <laughs> awkward, clunky, gay parkour. I'll admit it. It's weird. Do I will I get another one in a heartbeat? Yeah, at some point. The uh, it was really good exercise. So I was riding a bicycle. No, this doesn't. Yeah, you know, <laughs> bikes have gears. These don't. It's one for one. So you can only get like if you want to go fast, you got to pedal your brains out. They did come out with. Yeah, if you get a regular bike, it's one for one. No, you can switch into second gear, third gear. T- those are the fancy ones. Yeah. All I'm saying is that there's two unicycles I know of that incorporated a gear that goes from one-to-one ratio to, I believe, one-and-a-half. And they're wildly... They're like $2,000. For a wheel? And a seat. There's a seat. (laughs) I I would never pay for it. Somebody... There's There's a seat. There's... I know people who, like, I know of people, I should say, I never hung out with these losers, that bought them, because um, there's, like, they're road, like, road bike unicycle races are, like, they're a thing. There's people that, like, 36 of them, because there's not, like, a hundred of them that are going to do, like, a triathlon. Um, but, they're, you know, you'll get, like, in probably places like Portland, where there's a little more weirdos and stuff, they'll, they'll get together. I know UCF had a unicycle Quidditch team for a while. Um, Unicycle Quidditch. Okay, you don't watch Harry Potter, so don't. It's a. (laughs) Yeah, see, exactly. I didn't play it. The the funnest thing Matt and I ever did was joust with him. My brother learned, and so we would take. I gotta go home. (laughs) No, no, let me finish the jousting story first, and then you can leave. The. If you. We would get those wooden dowel curtain rods, and we put a tennis ball on the end. And then we take like your typical Rubbermaid trash can lid, and we punch two holes in it with a rope, and you just square off and see who can oh, like each an, other like off. A, like a like an Antifa shield. Yes, an Antifa <laughs> shield, probably with the batch like blue or red bandanas to identify which night we were. And then you just we just line up for hours and pummel each other and knock each other off unicycles. And the worst idea we ever had is my sister, my oldest sister. Wanted to do it with us, but she didn't know how. So somehow we let her ride a bike, which is significantly harder to knock somebody off of. May I ask you? Yeah. As an as an exemplar, was a video ever taken of you and your brother doing this so that you could get the okay. slow children at play? Okay. <laughs> Sign for your street. Okay. There is... And if you... <laughs> If you search hard enough, there is a video called Urban Trials that is me and my brother unicycling at loading docks. You have Jump. a pro tape out? I have a pro tape. <laughs> there's a pro tape. A sponsor me a tape. Sponsor me. With but the funny <sighs> thing is there's like are, no aim at sponsors. Like, are we finding out stuff that even Daisy doesn't know? I think Daisy is aware of this. Because, um, I mean, I feel like I've known you a lot longer than she's known you. And, I mean, I know you all went on a mission trip once together. But, yeah, you know, um, I'm finding out more tonight than, look, you know, I, I mean. I've heard you say it to bait fishermen. Everyone's got a dirty past. I mean, it's not dirty. I mean. I don't know. You haven't seen the way I shred. I'd, I'd be proud of it. It's. 
it's funny because I wear like uh, it's back when those like squared off BMX style helmets were real cool. So I've got like a flat gray silver BMX helmet, rocking that. Um, Are you talking about like with the visor? No visor, just squared uh, off, like skateboard helmet. Like okay, um, like a Protec. Yeah, like a Protec. Um, but the Bell Walmart version of a Protec. Nice. Um, we were balling on a budget, <laughs> and then like jeans. I had a thing for well, I just had my dad's old hand-me-down jeans growing up. So I wore a lot of really baggy jeans back then. They weren't like Genco jeans or anything. Oh, yeah, man. But they were like the, like, I'm just not buying fitted jeans. I'm just using, these are good. I've got them. Um, And like a baggy t-shirt. Just how I rolled. I had zero fashion sense at 16. I got I mean, I would have just rolled out of bed and what I had on. It's a lot of what happened. You weren't going far. And we would we'd wait till the loophole was everybody's sign said no bicycles, no skateboarding, no rollerblading. Nobody said anything about unicycles. So fuck, why weren't they? Well, but that's the point. <laughs> but people were like, you can't do that here. I'm like, sign doesn't say you can. I mean, and to be fair, I was like more like follow every rule, obey every sign. Ben back then. Whereas now I'm like, you better provide a damn good reason why I should have made this sign. I mean, the sign line. clearly says no bicycles, no skateboards, no. Right. Right. Nothing but, about unicycles. Right. I would love to think one day I had a business have to add that, but I don't think I ever did. So we would go to the loading docks at the industrial area at like 430 after everybody left. And we'd like jump off of like the semi-loading containers and we'd like ride down the walls and like jump down steps and. Ride down the walls. Like, you know, the cinder blocks that are, like, taper down? We just ride down the cinder blocks and jump off. Ledge. Yeah, okay. ledge. I'm thinking um, wall. Like you and it, what's really funny about all of that is I used to be, like, a really big pussy back then. Like, I was afraid of getting hurt. It scared the shit out of me. So, like, I would, like, have to psych myself up to do this stuff because I was like, I'm going to bust It was the ass. same in, yeah. it, it was skating. I yeah. Mean, yeah. You know. But it was, like, You go from fun. a... Eight stairs to ten, you're like, oh. And now it's like I'm way less scared to do that, but I'm also well aware that the recovery time is much longer if you do get oh, hurt. Oh, for sure. So it's like, and I'm only like I'm breathing down thirty. I'm pretty young, for all intents and purposes. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's I, uh. I don't know who you are anymore. If, look, <laughs> after this little comedy sketch, I'll blow your minds, and we will. I'll find a unicycle. Hi, Ben. My name's Mark. <laughs> what up, boy? Uh, so so why don't we uh, take a break to let everybody okay. process the fact that Ben <laughs> is going to be um, December 2nd, Thursday night, uh, on the North Causeway at, what's the name of the joint? The Mad Hat. <laughs> the Mad Caps Comedy Club. Mad Caps Comedy Club in New Smyrna Beach. Yep. Come out, support Ben. We need to get some cards made up so I can stand on the corner and pass them out. <laughs> so um, who knows? We uh, we'll be right back for another little bit and.
So, uh, when we left you, Ben had just finished uh, bringing us up to speed on his uh, unicycle certification and jousting career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Short lived, but one hell of a ride. One hell of a ride. Yeah. So, uh, any of you fellas been out doing any fishing lately? Fishing? Not a whole lot of catching. Okay. Uh, I guess recently we had a king tide, which uh-huh. I was not aware of, and I was wondering why the water was up so high. I was just blaming it on the rain and north winds kind of pushing water. But Indian River's dead. There's no fish. Nothing. It's gone. Tell your friends. <laughs> Tell your yep. friends. It's dead. But, uh, no, not not a lot of fishing. Or, excuse me, catching. Fishing. And they're there, but they're just, I don't know if it's the cold or They're what. smart. They're, they're, they're smart. They're smart. That's what it is. Yeah. They dialed into your tricks. Change flies. <laughs> oh, I didn't do that. Mm. You should be nymphing. Temperatures are down. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Have you dropped down to 7X yet? And a San Juan worm. Well, I, I <laughs> snuck out two days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever, the day that Ben was like, y'all, the rain's coming. I'm in a whiteout. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. That was just a couple days ago. It was Thursday. Yeah, I had just gotten out. And I was like, son of a bitch, really? Mm-hmm. And I like, fucking pulled up the radar and I was like, Oh shit! Yeah, here it comes. Yeah, and I had just gotten out. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I was doing some serious bankers hours. Like <laughs> right. it was the late <laughs> afternoon when I had gone out, and uh, so I packed everything back up and headed back to the ramp, and literally got back to the house. And when I was taking stuff out of the boat, it was starting it to rain. I was like, "Fuck!" It, straight. It didn't start till right about here at the. <clears throat> the Oak Hill exit and just south. And it was like, it went from like an overcast day to white out at 35 miles an hour. You couldn't see yeah, 45, say, 50 that, feet I mean, in front of you. I, if you had not put that on the group text, I would have gotten caught in it. And I, yeah. I almost didn't say anything. I'm like, it's just rain. And I was like, eh, I'll just like say what, like I pulled over to go pee at the exit. And uh-huh. I was like, I'll just say, Hey, it'd be like, but yeah, it's, it's raining, but it's summertime intensity. Oh rain, yeah. That we've 100%. been having the past yeah. couple of days. It's yeah. not just oh, a little shower. But like I, I went 
Friday when I came home from the Jacksonville job, I was like, I had like this much paint left in the gallon I had. And I was like, I'll finish painting the house. And I literally got like the Rosa Hardy board done I wanted to. Packed everything up. And about 20 minutes later, it like started raining. I was like. All got washed off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It skinned over. But there's like, you know, like when water hits like still wet paint, like it's a different shade. Uh There's like some water runs in it. So I'm going to have to repaint it. But Yeah. Um, I got a text from, or not a text, a DM from Captain Connor uh, down in mm-hmm, Everglades yeah. City. Yeah. The uh, folks that won the um, trip with him actually got their trip in and uh, caught some really nice fish. Uh, he sent a picture of a really nice snook that, that they snook. caught. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. So uh, it was nice to see that. Um, speaking of uh, Dingy Derby, Marine Discovery Center last night or night before? Did, the night before. Did, uh, it would have been night before, um, did like kind of like a State of the Union um, Zoom call that I sat in on. And uh, next year, 2022, is going to be their 25th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a lot of, uh, neat events planned for that. And then part of their presentation is like future plans out at Marine Discovery Center. Man, they've got some really cool stuff that's in the planning phases and coming for, uh, Marine Discovery Center. I'll, I'll try to get that and... All of us can sit down and we'll watch it. It's very, yeah. it's not very long. What do they call it? The master plan? Yeah. That's what it's called. Yeah. 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 Oh, did you did you see some of it? I was in on a different one. Okay. But it was the, the same thing, talking about the future and where they're going right. to go. And it's yep. like, yeah, they've got a master site plan now. Yeah. And, you know, really, awesome. really a lot of cool stuff going on up there. They're doing such really cool work up there. Yep, Just, they are. And I really love that not only is it hands-on, like actually doing like a tangible thing you can see it's the inviting the community to be a part of it uh-huh. and so the stakeholders feel like they've got a stake uh-huh. in it right and it, it's awesome yeah it really I mean, is whether you're just going there volunteering to load up some oyster mats yeah or going out and planting mangroves mm-hmm. i just wish it wasn't so far yeah yeah that's the only thing hmm well um what uh oh i know it we've got uh christmas is really around the corner yeah. like coming at us fast, fast. yeah um bites you in the butt fast. we're all getting together for friendsgiving tomorrow yep. uh afternoon thanksgiving's next week so actually earlier i said it was next thir- this very next thursday that you it's were doing the it's, one after. it's two thursdays from now yeah. so it's two weeks until ben does his uh first open mic night comedy stand-up. Um, but uh, let's think really hard and see if we can't uh, put together some Christmas gift ideas and uh, get those out. I think uh, if you watch our Instagram account, you should start seeing uh some of our ideas mm-hmm. of uh, if you've got, you know, an angler in your orbit and uh, you're looking for 
Christmas gift ideas. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll share some of our best ideas of uh, what you might give and uh, be looking for that. Um, yeah, because there's, there's a lot of stuff out there that you don't normally think of. You know, your significant other could, you know, oh, I want this rod. Right. Okay, well, this rod is 900 bucks, but there's... A lot of other stuff. Lots of other stuff out there. Tons of other stuff. Didn't, yeah. didn't you get some kind of little Chotsky thing from uh, um, kind of like a little fly patch or something from somebody? Yeah. Oh, I, I did. Uh, Atlas we'll have, here. Yes. A little fly fly patch that can go pretty much anywhere. It comes with a sticky back, and I think they're like twelve bucks or something. Uh-huh. But they're they're perfect. You know, you can put it on your hat, you put it on your belt, yeah. Stick it on. Is it like a one time stick thing, or like sticking it stuck? So the the fly patch isn't. There's okay. a little. Uh, what is that stuff called? Like silicone. Like those silly pint type. Okay. That's a permanent mount. Okay. But the actual patch has the clip on it where, you know, you clip it on your hat, clip it on your belt, clip it on a bag. It's a good idea. I'll take a picture of it. That way we can get it out. And I like sent, it. Like he sent me some sunglasses holders. Yeah. And I've used those a pretty good bit. The, um... Probably not as much as he'd like would have liked me to, but it's like the way my sunglasses are. They're it's they're not loose. They're not going to fly off. And with like wearing a hat and my the way my ears are with glasses, that just made it a little thick back here. Mm-hmm. But it, it's because and it's like the ear. Oh, it's pieces, like a croaky. Kind yeah, because yeah, like the earpieces on the RCIs are super thick. Yeah. Uh-huh. So like your normal Smiths or something, it wouldn't be bad. Yeah, it's and like, a floaty. They float. Mm-hmm. They're easy to find. They're for as big as it is. The floating portion, you don't ever feel like it's like obtruding or anything. No. It's designed to fit in the small of your yeah. neck, and it like does a great job. So, and those I think are in the twelve to eighteen dollar yeah. range too. Yeah. But yeah, the little fly patch thing is a great idea for. Ah, I'm gonna use it for ditch fishing. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Waiting mm-hmm. when you need just a fly or two in case you break yep. off. Yeah, it's but perfect. more things like that. Yeah, stuck the stocking stuffers. Yeah, there you go. exactly. Mm-hmm. But all right, what else? What um, do, do you guys have anything on your Christmas wish list in the fly fishing space? Shannon and I just picked up yesterday. Um, you know, I've got artwork laying around that is like. Gosh, you know, I've had this print or this original, you know, that's been sitting in a closet forever. You know, it needs to get on the wall. So, you know, we've been actually spending quite a bit of time uh, getting stuff framed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the, 
flip back side of um, purchasing art sometimes that you, you know you, you don't factor in is how much it's going to cost to frame to stuff. Frame. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you know we bit the bullet and uh, we just got quite a few things back framed and uh then that opens the next thing which is where does it go right you know and you have to shuffle stuff and walls get you know changed and whatnot but uh shannon found it and i think i did a story um that new uh i guess i'll just use the word sculpture um the fish that shannon found uh it's an artist out of north carolina yeah that uh and and she names all of her sculptures, and the fish's name is Ziggy, mm-hmm. and it looks a lot like a tarpon. It's you know kind of like a cross between you know it's like yeah it's not an actual fish you know uh, like a rendering of a an actual fish, but it, its jawline and everything mm-hmm. looked very tarpony. Yeah, um, Shannon just recently got that, so we put that up, and then uh, I got. Uh, couple of Borskis um, framed and a Bob White print and then uh, an original uh, Jeff Kennedy fly painting done. Um, the Kennedy is going to come down here and get hung here in the in Oak oh, Hill. Nice. Um, and then the um, Bob White print I'm going to bring down here. It's uh, on Bristol Bay, it's a couple of beaver float planes at the dock oh, early nice. in the morning. Very cool. Getting, getting loaded up, getting ready to go out for the day. It's uh, magnificent. But, uh, you know, I tend to, as I've gotten older, think more in the lines of, you know, give something like art or give an experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know, like, you know, like with Wyatt. Um, you know, in the past, you know, there for several years, um, we we kind of knocked off doing Christmas gifts in the traditional sense mm-hmm. and said, well, instead of a budget, you know, to go buy a bunch of, you know, gifts, you know, it started off with, you know, just to illustrate it to him. I said, what did you get for Christmas last year? Um, um, right. Um, right. It's like, well, okay, the point being, would you rather get more gifts that you don't remember a year later or do you want to like take a trip mm-hmm. and like that's how we ended up doing like the uh three week long you know southern california arizona yeah. skate yeah. trip yeah um that's how we ended up doing like the did you do a ski trip like that as snowboarding well? yeah. trip yeah and uh you know uh, that's the gift of, of mm-hmm. experience it's an experience that he'll always remember yeah. right. you know so uh, and it doesn't have to be a trip to Belize or you know <laughs> something like that. I mean, yeah. there's all kinds of experiences you can give. So, yeah. you know, even if it's you know a ticket book, you know, for a bunch of massages, nobody forgets a happy ending. Sure don't. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't think there's anything like. I gotta have. Yeah, and that's, you know, the older you get, too, sometimes, you know, depending on where you are in your life, you know, it's like, well, shit, if I wanted it, I'd already have it, you right, know? Right. I, you know, it's like. I mean, I, you know, I threw out like a couple uh, mm-hmm. 
one-off gift ideas that I saw on Etsy or you right, know, something yeah. like that. But I don't know. You know, this year's not going to happen, but we started following you guys with our Christmas around America last year, visiting family and everything. But, yeah. Even even the little ones aren't asking for right a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, right. And I don't know if it's because you know we're not watching TV as much anymore. We're not going to the stores and letting them walk down to toy aisles and right. So I don't know. I kind of like it. Yeah, there's nothing real big on my like want list. I can't think of anything. And it's funny you mentioned art. So that painting I had done for my dad last year, he just dropped that off this past week, too, to get a frame. <laughs> He's, like, all excited because I think it's either this week or the next. He, like, gets it back, and it's going to hang in his office. He finally, like, they've got the house to the – if they're, like, 90-some percent done with it, they've just got to, like, finalize what they want to do on the floors. Mm-hmm. And then, like, their house is finally done, and so they're, like, putting it all together and – for dad's Christmas gift this year, mom actually bought him art, like ornaments. Oh, I saw the photos. So, yeah. And she got, so she got those from Lindsay. And then she also ordered some of the like tinier metal cutout ornaments from Ashley Weber. Oh, She's yeah. got like oh, a yeah. snook, a permit, a tarpon, and maybe a redfish coming. So that's supposed to get here like in the next week. But their Christmas tree and his, it's probably just the one in their house. It's like maybe four foot tall. It's like coral. It's uh-huh. not like a real, it's not like a white tree. It's just white coral. And then it's got like all these Florida themed or like nautical kind of themes spun into it. Like some of those, like it almost looks like sea glass, but it's like red glass with like the ropes that like, yeah, like up and hang. Yeah. Old buoys. Yeah. Old glass buoys. Yeah. And it's like super cool. I love what they did with it. That old Chesapeake box that's like next to it is an old ammo box that we had lying around the house for years that somebody gave us. And like to see like her take something that I'm like, none of them like are super big into shotgun ammo, like and incorporate that stuff and like stack it. I don't, I'm not that good with home design. <laughs> that's for sure. Home, home decor. Home decor. Um, I've got. I'm not going to get into it too deep on this episode, Uh-oh. but I've got a delayed gratification project slash gift to myself that's like been three years in the making. That's, I'd say by, if not by the time the comedy tour rolls around, like a week later, it's going to be like pretty much said and done and ready to go. That I'm really excited about because yeah. I've like have had this vision. I can't wait. Um, and it it borderline falls into the art category at some point. Um, well, definitely it's, you know, something that you've taken from concept in mind to having fabricated. Yeah. Um, now it's just uh, some assembly required. Correct. And uh, it's going to be really neat. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing that go together. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped. I'm super pumped about it. And, you know, I mean, much like Rittenhouse, you actually crossed state lines to get this all done. <laughs> I did. Um, it was... And, again, it, you know, you get... 
there's a bunch of funny connections with this podcast of like people you meet that you're like, I would have never met this person any other way. I would have never known they existed. And needing some metal work done, I was like shopping around between. I was like, I'm going to have to hire somebody I don't know. And mm-hmm. like, can I communicate this? And through us meeting Jason at Ogre, we were able to, he's like, I can do that. Yeah. And I was literally able to hand him two parts and he fabricated something well beyond what I even imagined it would be into something that's be very usable and very cool for a very long time. Yeah. And I don't know what that is. I'll tell you off air. I'll show you photos. It's no, cool. no. I want to be surprised. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The big cool. reveal. Yeah. Just keep keeping those secrets. Uh, yeah. I will. I will. <laughs> the, um, yeah. So that's going to be cool. And then, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting the yard work on an acre of yard that got overgrown was fairly daunting. And that's finally starting to wind down into manageable slash how I would have done the yard now that it's mine. Well, did you keep the pineapples? They're still there, but they're going to move. Okay. I want that front bed to be the two Robolinis and then a 20-foot flagpole with lighting and then be able to be mowed. Everything else in it is going to either move or be thrown out. Fair enough. Um, I want that front... What you call a swell? I don't know. Not a swell. Just like the front bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like mowable. And then the bed by the house to actually be like the pretty one. I'm, I've gone pretty heavy on some Roundup, much to my mother's <gasps> chagrin. Um, You're the reason why. The turtles are dying. And turtles I are am. dying. So, so let me walk you through this. The and algae balloon. I am only uh-huh. saying this because my mom is so many episodes behind. I don't think she's ever going to hear this. But watch in the week. I'm going to get a text. You may be six miles from the Indian River. But did you know, Ben? Uh-huh. You're part of the problem. I know I'm part of the problem. <laughs> the It's not wisteria. I don't know what the vine is. It's not a potato plant either. But it's like this weird... Is it that little orange? Yeah. Yeah, we have that too. So you can make a tea out of that stuff. I'm not doing that. That yeah. seems a lot like the, the Filipinos used to... Was I was going to say my, my Haitian brother-in-law told me that. Yeah, I bet it gets you. I didn't you. do it. Hi. <laughs> the, I don't know what they are, but they're Filipinos all over used to make fence. alcohol out of a coconut palm bloom. They called it tuba tuba, and they would make a bamboo shoot. And you could literally tap into it, and it was already, like, super fermented, and they would get absolutely mm. wasted on that stuff. That's when you but, bite the head off of a cobra. It, it's the same equivalent, <laughs> the coconut equivalent. But it was, like, growing rampant. It was growing up my air handler. Oh, I'd yeah. pull it off. I'd rip them out of the ground, and they just pop and up. Pop so back. finally I was like, I got to nuke these. I'm not sure what you all... I it's, will find a, a photo and send it to you. It's a weird vine. It's like a... And it makes these little orange fruits with like red pomegranate seeds. Oh, inside. it's like passion fruit looking kind of. Yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. But it, like once it starts Very going. Very stinky too. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it grows. Yeah. So I nuked the entire back bed. Yeah. That means Killed it. And, but but this is where it gets funny. So we have an artesian well on property and it just, all I do is use it to fill up my pond. 
and keep the height regulated how I want it. So my mom says she came over to the house one day and saw this pump spray that said Roundup. <laughs> I should have called it something else. I knew better. But I labeled it so I would know what it was. And she says, what are you doing with this? Smart ass Ben want to be like, well, when you have plants that you don't want to grow somewhere, you spray them with this and they die. I was like, oh, I'm just like spraying some beds. She's like, that gets in your drinking water. And I get where she's coming from. But I said, mom, my drinking water comes from a two inch pipe. That runs out of the house. <laughs> it goes all the way to the city that runs to the water treatment plant eight miles up the road. Huh. I was like, you're going to have to explain how this roundup's getting through my PVC pipe. <laughs> that answered question did not go over well uh, about how you'd think it would go. Um, <laughs> but I just, every time I think about it, I laugh. I'm like, it's not getting through that pipe. Like, it's not <laughs> in my drinking water. And then they're like, it gets in the aquifer and it never gets out. If I have a free-flowing well that I'm tapped into, but it, it's got to dilute it. Like, there's so much head pressure, like, it, it never shuts off. It's just like, it's like a free-flowing artesian well. It's just what well, Have you heard of springs? Yeah. The water doesn't just go down to the aquifer and stay there forever. No. And it also gets filtered through yeah. the limestone. Limestone, right? You're, so I that's when to you say, that "Mom, science. clearly you've never had Jack Daniels." <laughs> no, she likes to drink something called a painkiller, which is, Ooh. I believe, Ooh. rum, Oof. Oof. some kind of coconut thing. It sounds. It's very close to. Like a rum runner, but there's a there's a place called the Old Florida Fish House near their house that has them, and those are those I have learned are like if my mom's gonna have a drink, that's your drink of choice. <laughs> the painkiller. Sorry, mom, not to blow your secrets on the internet. <laughs> right. Um, and they're pretty good. I've had them. I mean, your unicycle ride in. Indian River killing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It all comes out. Ben tells all. I use Roundup, too. So uh, <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about those that aren't here. Um, I saw that uh, Carl just um, helped with finishing up uh, yeah. the simple skiff. Yeah. Yep. Looks really uh, good. Look, looked really good at the pictures I saw. Um, so it's going to be exciting to see. I was really How excited that goes. at first. I thought it was Jameson's. I until did too. I took a closer look. I was like, "Yes, it's done." And I'm like, "Oh no, that's." But that's I don't it. think Jameson's is too far behind, if we're honest, because like the caps flipped. Right. It's just a matter, I believe, of bonding it, a little bit of sanding and spraying non-skid, and then rigging. So hopefully. Well, what is a little bit of sanding to Carl? It doesn't matter what it is to Carl. At this point, Jameson is. Knows he's the one doing it, so okay. it matters as to how much of a perfectionist does Jamo okay. want to be. Right. I suspect he's a little bit more in the. I'll make it not look like. I'll make it look nice, but we're not going for perfect. I think he wants to have. He knows he's going to fish it. I think he wants to have a nice boat, but why spend 200 hours making something sanded so baby bottom smooth that it looks like. Like. 
That's the thing. To make a one-off look like it came out of a mold, like, you can do it, but unless you're going to make a mold off that part to keep making a bunch, just yeah, make yourself a boat that you can be happy with. Mm-hmm. You're the only one that's ever going to notice it. Yeah. Tweaked out curve. Oh, yeah. So, um, one of the things I want you guys to put in your noggins and kick around a little bit is, uh, you know, it's starting to have a few cooler evenings. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want us to put together like a island camping trip sometime soon. Okay. Oh, yeah. I can do that. Oh, yeah. Sounds super fun. Maybe if we Dude. can figure out like when one of those really like late night launches is going to be. Oh yeah, that's a good way to do it. Do the no CMs hang out all year round? Uh, I know mosquitoes kind of. Yeah, mosquitoes are going to back off. No CM should back off. Uh, yeah, it should be. I don't mind the mosquitoes. If they come out, it's Damn, not no like yeah. The no CMs only are like out for a little while and then they go. Yeah, uh, it's weird. It's that sunrise. And what happened deal. to the love bugs this year? I think COVID I had, killed like, them. Two of them. You know, I, now that you say I that, I legitimately thought <laughs> right. about that. I didn't because I. If anyone should have hit them, it was me. Right. I. I think there were two days yeah. I saw them, like legitimately. I think mm. like COVID Not in killed the mass them, numbers. and if COVID and this is going to upset some people, but <laughs> we've already pissed off the permit people, so <laughs> fuck it. If COVID kills off the love bugs. Sign me up. I'm done. I'm good. Just. Oh, yeah. I don't miss them. Me either. But I'm like, like, I'll put up with all this COVID BS for to get rid of those. Usually picking them out of your face and having them pressure. When I rode a motorcycle. What? I know your brother did. I had a motorcycle. Oh, my God. I can't handle all this. I had an 86 (laughs) Honda Nighthawk, sir. 700 S. It was a piece of kit. Um, it's back when I was traveling all the time though, and it was carbureted. So like, you'd come home after like three months, and you'd spend like three days begging it to work properly. So ultimately, I sold it. The only time I ever crashed it, ironically, was in my driveway. Um, we used to have. So you've seen my driveway with the crushed shell. Mm-hmm. It used to be two like concrete bridges over the ditch, right. and then. There were used to be two giant oak trees in the front yard. You whiskey throttled into one of the oak trees? <laughs> no. It rained, and there was a bunch of dead leaves. And going about five miles an hour out of my driveway, the back end like went squirrely on me. And in the process of straightening it out, I hit the throttle. And I was going toward the, the concrete walls like this tall into the ditch. Yeah. And the way I was going, there wasn't enough time to get out of it. So I was like, I can either hit this thing and fly over or I can low side it in my driveway and stop before I flip it. So I low sided it and I wound up bending my shifter pedal. It like curled in and I didn't know it. So I like picked up, dusted myself off. The bike was still running the whole time. Um, picked it up and was like, okay, cool. Embarrassing, but I'm the only one that saw it. And I like pulled out of the driveway in first, went to shift into second and couldn't find the, the pedal i like looked down it was like bent so i went i was like dad i I don't know how to fix this and being dad he goes and grabs like a piece of copper plumbing pipe and like fits it on there and twists it out so i had a custom instead of a perfectly straight 
shift pedal, it was like you a had little a, wobble a into form, it. Form fitting. Yeah, it was very cool, very classy. And I rode that the best trip we ever took. One day we met a friend and met. Well, we had two. We drove up to Sugarloaf Mountain in Apopka and drove all the way around the lake, and that was super cool. And then one time, my brother and I, on a whim, just decided to like drive up to Coco on A1A and just drove all the way up the beach road and came back down. It took like way longer than it should have. Um, and then shortly thereafter, I got run off the road one time, and my brother is has always been like how I am now with like if you are just an asshole I'm just going to tell you and I don't care. He's always been like that and this dude like merged over and I saw him I had to like literally ran off the road to avoid getting hit and we get to a stop sign and Matt just like rolls up to him, flips his helmet, knocks on the dude's window. He's like, "Hey buddy, just letting you know, pay a little bit more attention. You ran my brother off the road. It was kind of scary to watch." didn't appreciate that and the guy's like dude i'm so sorry he's like no 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 one's mad at you just saying pay attention there's people's lives at stake and he just got back <laughs> on his bike and like rode back around to me it was like he's cool it's <laughs> like, all good man i'm like bro that's how you get shot <laughs> you just go knocking on people's windows you guys watch sons of anarchy matt that's, okay yep see off air mm-hmm. i will tell you all about <laughs> the picket boys watching uh-huh. sons of anarchy and we're that led um I am the tame one. Um, I couldn't get it. I got into it for a couple seasons, and toward the end, I just was like, this is like just the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. That said, no spoiler alerts, Yellowstone Season 4 is dope. I don't even think I made it to Episode 4 before I was like, this is a fucking soap opera. You're hurting me right now. It would be daytime TV if that woman didn't run around naked. I disagree. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think Kevin Costner is a sexy, sexy animal. All right, but I've been reading books about this: the white man messing with with the Native American, and oh, here comes a developer. It's the story of the West. Yeah, yeah, you get to see a modern version of the West played out before your very eyes. That, look, you don't have to like it. I'm just saying, huge fan and very happy. Like, I just, I am a fan of the show. I really enjoy it. It is up there with Narcos for me. Have you watched the new season of Narcos? No, I'm yet. two episodes in. I binged the fuck out of it. I had it done in like two days. <laughs> well, I and that's why I haven't. It's because so I know, like this week, the kids are off school. Everybody's home. Not gonna have time to sit there. It was watch an episode here. Yeah, because I binge them, and then I'm like, I almost God, feel it's like. Done. It's, <laughs> I feel like I almost need to binge season two real quick first and like re because I think it's been almost two years. Yeah. Since yeah. The, everything I, got delayed. Yeah. I feel like I need to like refresh myself. Yeah. Well, what was crazy is like it wasn't even on my radar that it was coming up. No. Me and either. Also, it I was just like, popped up. I was yep. like, what the? What? Yeah. Boom. Like fucking sat down on the couch, yeah. put my seatbelt on, yep. <laughs> cinched it down. <laughs> the I saw today season two of Tiger King has come out. 
It's. Uh, I uh, well, saw that and I was that? like, "What the fuck is that going to be about?" He's in prison. It's so, like a teaser, I guess, where they kind of give an overview. They're basically. He looks like Lloyd from Lloyd. Dumb and Dumber with his haircut. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Very much so. <laughs> well, the weird thing that I'm not understanding is listening to Joe Exotic talk. The dude's got, like, the internet in prison. Like, he's able to communicate with people and understand. And I'm like, when when the fuck did you get internet? When I watch prison shows, you don't have a cell phone? Oh, well, that, you know. I, I don't know. What, they try to, like, open a strip club on top of, like, the lion's den or whatever these damn animals are. I don't know. It's weird. It's I, I know. It, I'm, like, halfway lot. through episode one. And it does not have the, oh my god, what am I watching factor that Tiger King did, where you just, you got to the point where, like, I cannot stop watching this, because this is, like, you get to the point in season one where that dude... you're like, unicycle? What the (laughs) No, no. You get to the point, you get through all, because I think there's eight episodes, you get to the eighth episode after they've locked him up in jail, and they're, like, interviewing his former employees... And the dude rolls up in one of those Polaris side by sides, side by sides, with a plastic skeleton strapped in to the passenger seat. And not once do you ever think that dude's got a plastic skeleton in the seat. That's so weird. It's like the most normal thing. By the time you get there, like you don't even recognize it till later. You're like, wait, what? So my buddy Todd's in town, Mm -hmm. and he's a huge. What the hell do you call that stupid show? Paranormal Activity, Ghost okay. Hunter. They did an episode in Crazy Joe's house mm-hmm. that's been ransacked. And there's bodies there. They were talking. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. The, like, the train is still running. It hasn't stopped. No, well, and, and like... People are, like, getting more and more involved in this... Well. The funny thing is, like, people who are, like, Carol Baskin is so upset because she's like, somehow I was the villain in this. Yeah. Like, he's the one who tried to have me murdered, and I'm the one who gets phone calls that are like, fuck you, Carol Baskins, you hateful bitch. And, like, you (laughs) killed your husband. And she's like, we get death threats. Yeah. My phone rings not stop. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, it is really (sighs) surprising to me that, you know, after... She had come to prominence in that show that people chose to refer to, you know, the assertive, you know, annoying woman that wants to speak to the manager as Karen. It should have been Carol. Oh, 100%. 100%. I like that. It's just... Carol fucking. So I'm gonna I'm gonna watch season two. I'm gonna I I don't Uh, think it's gonna be anywhere near as good as season one. I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble pushing play. In other animal news, did you know Winter died? Yes, I did not. Uh, What I forget the official, but it's the twisting of the intestines. Nothing to do with colic. No, it's common with dogs and yeah. uh, so nothing to do with you know the amputation. Yeah, just and you guys realize that Winter is actually from here. From here, mm-hmm. um, yeah. she was found uh, right by the CNS boat ramp huh. on the East Channel. Yeah, yeah. So rip. 
Yep. R.I.P. I know. I figured you probably didn't watch it because you're not a spoiler guy. But the trailer for Book of Boba Fett came out. Oh, no, I haven't seen I, it. I sent it in the group text. But it was... Mm-hmm. When I tell you I got chills and I nerded <laughs> out so hard. So I help, cannot wait. Help me place where in... The timeline. The timeline. Five years after Return of the Jedi. Which is the third one in the original trilogy. Okay. So it takes place between the OG trilogy and the newest trilogy. But it's, I think the newest trilogy is 20 years out past Return of the Jedi. And this one's something five years. Okay. So it's like Empire has fallen, height of the New Republic, and... Yeah, and there's still like imperial remnants, but they're nowhere near like a formidable. Because like I anymore. was thinking, like you know, you know, he's. I thought Jabba the Hutt was already gone. He is. Mm-hmm. That wasn't. That wasn't Jabba the Hutt. No, that's Bib Fortuna, which is like his right hand man. Okay, so there and. You- Somehow he, I mean, which is weird because he always seemed like a like a not a go getter, like a Riley like shy dude. Somehow he winds up taking over Jabba's throne, and then once Boba Fett comes back, we just get to see what happens from here on out. Okay, as he tries to, I think it's cool because you're getting a view into the Star Wars like the underworld that you don't really see a lot of that side as the main story focus. And so I'm very excited to see that. And when does that actually come out? December 29th. Okay. So the very end of the year. Yeah. Did you watch Marvel 20? I got to be honest. Marvel hasn't done it for me in about five or six years. And I'm pretty out of date on all of them. All right. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, that's going to wrap it up for, um, TV guide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now what uh what are we? Episode 72. Yeah. And uh I guess uh we're going to shoot for at least one more episode yeah. before Christmas rolls around. Yeah, let's uh, with let's any try luck. to squeeze one in after December 2nd. Yeah, oh. Pre-Christmas. Yeah. Do a little uh a little should we say uh a little synopsis peer and review. a little peer review yeah. of uh Ben's debut. Come so, one, come all. Yeah, for real. All right, folks. Um, thanks for joining us again for Fly Fishing After Dark. Have a great Thanksgiving with your family and friends. We'll catch you on the next one. She's blue.